Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Acts, verse 1, chapter 5. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourselves. Now, first of all, how does Peter know this? This is by the Holy Spirit. This is a revelation. Peter doesn't know this on his own. This is a manifestation of the word of knowledge that we see talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Matter of fact, why don't we just hold our place here and just look at that real quick because we are a supernatural church and we don't want to sit here and think... Well, that was them. That was Peter. It's not just for Peter. It's for the church today. This is how the church is supposed to be functioning today. We're to have these kind of manifestations today. And oh, how it would help things. How it would clean things up fast. How it would straighten things out fast. Huh? When the Spirit of God shows up like this. And begins to read people's mail. Remember when we first started the church, you know, we were, reading, we, were, we were meeting over at the Blairwood Country Club. And sometimes, you know, I'm ministering, well, a lot of times, most of the time. I'm ministering, ministering, and I'm not even, I'm not thinking about people individually. And there's a lot of things going on in your life I don't know about. But I'll just be, you know, I just minister along. It's like I'm just kind of ministering in a cloud, you know. I'm just focusing on him, making sure that, you know, I'm yielding to him. I just want what he wants to say said. I want whatever he wants to do today done. So, man, it's a full-time job. I'm just, I'm focused on him. But so many times, God is speaking to people. And he's just calling that. And many times people come to me and say, that was right to me. You were speaking right to me. And then they start telling me what happened this week and what they just said this morning. I just read this this morning. God just spoke this to me, da, 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 da. And God's just, he's just speaking right to them. And sometimes he's, he's prepared people. He, he has said some things to them, you know. He's, he has set him up, and then he just finishes up what he's saying yeah. in service, giving me the utterance. And I'm not, you know, I'm just aware of it, just flowing with the Holy Spirit. But I remember when we first started the church, you know, we hadn't been around very long. We were, we were meeting over at the Blairwood Country Club in a little conference room. And a group of women came with their tambourines and everything, and they seemed to be real excited. And so they shook their tambourines, and that lasted a couple weeks, uh, if even that, and then they stopped coming. And then I, I find out through the vape, grapevine, you know, they stopped coming because the Spirit of God was reading their mail. And they didn't like that. And so they begin to say, he has familiar spirits. I can't find that in the Word of God. But anyway, he, he, has, a, he has familiar spirits. In other words, in other words he's, got, he's got demon spirits that are talking about us. You know, it's very dangerous to do that because that's called blaspheming the Holy Spirit. You know, when somebody's speaking in tongues 
or somebody is operating in the manifestations of the Spirit of God or just flowing by the Spirit of prophecy or just, just getting utterance in a service like this and just preaching, and then you say something that's, that's condescending or something that, that uh, links what the Holy Spirit's doing with evil spirits, that's very offensive to God. You can read about it. Jesus talks about that. He calls it blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And Jesus went on to say, he said, you know, you can talk about the Father, you can talk about me, but don't talk about the Holy Spirit. I'm paraphrasing. But he said, don't mess with the Holy Spirit. That's dangerous territory. Dangerous territory. Uh, You know, referring to the Holy Spirit as a demon. That's what they did. And so they didn't come back to the church because the Spirit of God had his x-ray machine out. (laughs) And his words were lighting things up in them. And isn't it sad they didn't want to be lit up? Isn't it sad they were playing church? They were playing the Ananias and Sapphira game. They were coming with tambourines swinging in the air. But they really didn't want to live clean and holy for the Lord. Because as soon as the Lord started dealing with their unholy behavior, they were out of there. Now, I'm picking on them, but we've been pastoring this church for 27 years. I've been watching that for 27 years. I haven't watched people come. We have been praying for this church. We have wanted a church like, we wanted a pastor like you, a teaching pastor, someone that really gives us the word, and they last a couple weeks. I mean, the Holy Spirit just starts dealing with HBO, and they just blow. They just go. You know, he just starts dealing with whatever their idols are in their life, and he just starts cutting through that stuff, and they don't want to stick around for that. Isn't that sad? Sad for them. Happy days for me. Happy days for you. For you that are sincere. You that love God. You that want to know the truth. You that want to walk in his glory. You don't want a lot of dead weight around you. You don't want a lot of hypocrisy and falsehood around you. I hate deception. I hate darkness. Hate it. Don't want it in my life. Bible says you love righteousness and hate lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. How are we going to walk in a great anointing? We love righteousness and we hate, we detest lawlessness, sinfulness, ungodliness, wickedness. Lord, show me where I'm missing it. Lord, put the light on me. Teach me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. Wash me, Lord, with your word. I'll obey it. I'm a doer of it because I want to come up higher and higher in the glory of God. That's how we get there. Got to be sincere. Got to be sincere. So here, there's some folks that aren't sincere. And so Peter gets what's called a word of knowledge. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And he says in verse 4, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given just to Peter and the apostles. Is that what it says? Ah. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom. That's knowing things pertaining to the future, whether about your life or other people's lives or just events that are going to take place in the future. It's things pertaining to the future that you could never know on your own. It comes by revelation 
of the Spirit of God. To another, the word of knowledge. Now, that's what we see Peter operating in. See, that's, that's having insight into something that you would never know on your own, whether about yourself or other people or events. Word, a word of knowledge. Yeah, there's things about you you don't even know about you. There's things about you. Sometimes people have problems in their life and they don't know what's the root of the problem. And then God gives them a word of knowledge. God shows it up and they see their problem. They see, has that ever happened to you? And all of a sudden you see what you need to correct and you make the adjustment. Oh, thank God when you made the adjustment and then all the problems begin to go away. You know, the problems that are being caused by that thing. Thank God for the word of knowledge. Powerful. Powerful. And so that's one of the manifestations of the Spirit. And he goes on and he lists seven more. There's nine altogether of these manifestations of the Spirit of God that is given to each one from the prophet of all. Miracles, healings, all kinds of manifestations of the Spirit of God. And it's, this is written to the church for us to understand that this is for us. So when we come to church, let's expect these things more. Because if we're not hungry for it, if we're not thirsty for it, if we're not expecting these things, then we're not going to see much of these things. But as our expectancy grows, our faith is able to rise up and receive more of these things from the Lord. And the Spirit of God will begin to manifest and do all kinds of amazing things in people's lives. So, notice... Again, in verse, uh, verse 2, let's go back, and it says, And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it. How many people know being aware of it makes you an accomplice to it? Yeah, even if it's your spouse. Even if it's your spouse. You know, if it's not God, if it's not right, if it's wrong, God doesn't expect you to be a partaker of it. God doesn't expect you to just join in on it. Be a co-conspirator in the evil thing that somebody might be doing. No, no, don't play along with those who play games with God. Don't play along with those who play games with God. Uh, verse 3, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? See, he could have done whatever he wanted with the money. See, it wasn't, it wasn't about him holding part of the money back. He didn't have to give the whole thing. In fact, he didn't have to give any of it. All he had to do was be honest about it. Yeah, I sold the land for X amount of dollars and uh, I'm giving half of it. I'm going to give a quarter of it. And he would have been alive. He would have been fine. He wouldn't have been a liar. See, he was a liar. This isn't about being stingy and holding money back. This is about lying about what you're doing. We don't want to lie about what we're doing. You see? If you're ashamed of what you're giving, if it's bothering you what you're giving so that you don't want anybody to know what you're giving, then maybe you should examine... You're giving. Because if you're giving what is in your heart to give, then you should be bold about it. You should be confident that this is pleasing to God. And if it's pleasing to God, it's pleasing to me. And it should be pleasing to everybody else. So it's none of their business anyway. Who cares? I'm pleasing God. 
We shouldn't be so worried about what other people think about what we're doing. If we are, it could be because what we're doing isn't, doesn't sit, isn't sitting right in our heart. See? And see, then we have to examine that, not pretend and hide what we're doing, but fix it. Fix it so you're not ashamed of what you're doing anymore. Shouldn't be ashamed of what you're doing. Shouldn't be ashamed of your giving. Well, they were. They were ashamed to admit they were only giving part of it. They felt like they had to tell everybody they were giving all of it. And so, in doing so, they weren't just lying to people. They were lying to the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, while it remained, was it not in your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. You have lied not to men, but to God. What you've done here is not just with flesh and blood. You've done this to God. You're reminded of uh, when Saul was persecuting the church. Saul later became Paul the apostle. But he was out. He was fiercely persecuting the church, persecuting God's people. But then a day came where the Lord appeared to him in a vision. And the Lord said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Notice that. Why are you persecuting me, Jesus said. It wasn't about the people. It was the Lord. He was attacking the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, he said, when you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you are doing it to me. See, we gotta, we got to watch what we're doing. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Right? When it, when it, when it comes to... Uh, negative things taking place in our life. The Bible says, don't get your eyes on flesh and blood. Understand, it's not just flesh and blood you're contending with. There are demon spirits inspiring things against you. You know, uh, there are people that are yielding to demons. You're not just dealing with people uh, that, you know, are just doing this of their own accord. Uh, they're yielding to demon spirits. Take authority over the demons. So many times we can fix, fix so many relationship problems if we'll just get our eyes off the person and go right to the demon. Go right to the demon that's inspiring them and that's working through them to oppress and harass and cause these problems. I got news for you. If somebody is harassing the church, there's a demon there. I said, there's a demon there. And we need to take authority over those evil spirits. It's not just that person. Well, friend, it also works on this side too that there are people doing good things. There are people that are yielding to the Holy Spirit. There are people that are following God, not the devil. And when you attack them, when you come against them, you're not coming against flesh and blood. You're coming against the Lord Jesus. You're coming against God himself. Right? We saw that, you know, in the Old Testament with Moses and Aaron. The people were always just coming against Moses and Aaron. And Moses said, it's not us that you're murmuring against. It's the Lord that you're murmuring against. Who is Aaron and who am I that you murmur against us? It's not about us. It's the Lord. you got a problem with God. It's people that try to act like they have a problem with me. 
They try to act like they have a problem with the church. You're not a problem with me. You've got a problem with God. Your problem is with God. You've got a heart issue. Your heart's not right with God. So we should see that. See, that should help us to get our hearts right if we want our hearts right. If we're quick to judge ourselves, if we see that our heart's not right with the church, our heart's not right with God's people, our heart's not right with God's leaders, don't excuse it. Recognize your heart's not right. Your heart's not right. And get it right. Say, Lord, what's going on? Why do I feel this way about them? Why am I so in the flesh? Why do I have such animosity? Why is this root of bitterness springing up inside me? Why is, why is this slander coming out of my mouth? Why am I talking this way about you, Jesus? You know, if we knew it was Jesus, I think we'd watch ourselves a little bit more. Maybe that's why we're hearing this this morning. We watch ourselves a little bit more. We've got to watch. We don't want to stand before the Lord someday and say, why did you slander me? Jesus, I never slandered you. Oh, you slandered me. You were talking so bad about me. No, Lord, I was preaching your gospel. I was sharing the gospel. When I was talking about you, I was, talking, I was sharing the good news. No, 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 you were slandering me. You were lying about me. You were, you were, you were, trying, to, you were trying to cause problems for me. You made things hard for me. So we got to watch because, you know, we're either, we're either dealing with demons or we're messing with God because it's not just flesh and blood. I said it's not just flesh and blood that we deal with in this life. The Bible's been very clear about that. So you aren't lying to the church, man. You're lying to God. You are lying to God. Verse 5, Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last so great fear came upon all those who heard these things, and the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now, this sounds like Old Testament stuff, right? I mean, I thought this kind of stuff didn't happen in the New Testament. I mean, we're the church now. We're saved by grace. I mean, it's grace, grace, amazing grace. Judgment went out with the Old Testament. This kind of thing went out with the Old Testament. So, so many Christians are being taught throughout the world, being deceived. You're being lied to. It's right here. You know, I like to say this. God did not get saved with the coming of the New Testament. You know, under the Old Covenant, God was this mean, judgmental, critical God. I mean, there was... There was one time a group of people rose up against Moses just to murmuring and complaining. And they said to him, they said, you take too much upon yourself, Moses and Aaron. All of God's people are holy. We're all anointed. Who do you think you are exalting yourself above the congregation of God? You're no better than all of us. They were trying to bring Moses down to size, you know, down to their size. Trying to cut him down to size, you know. Man, God was so thrilled with that. The Bible says he opened up the ground and swallowed them up and they all went alive down into the pit. I wouldn't join that crew. I just wouldn't. I would, if anything in your life even resembles that, you better run. You better run because the ground will open up. Maybe not. Maybe it won't be that spectacular, but it'll cause issues. It'll cause issues. At least you will stand before him someday and give an account of these things. Why you came against him like that. They were coming against God, not just Moses and Aaron. 
Nie, 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 nie. Oh, oh. The ground closed up behind him, too. So it wasn't just a sinkhole. You know, I mean, it even closed up on him. Hasta la vista, baby. And they were gone. See, why, why did that happen to these men? Why did that happen to these men? Well, because they were slandering. They were attacking God's people, attacking God's leadership. It's a devilish thing. It's an evil thing because you're really attacking God. See, so we have to watch ourselves. Can you say, man? We, we have to guard ourselves and we have to walk holy and be watchful. And so here the ground swallowed them, killed them. Here Ananias is standing. He hears these words. He doesn't have even time for a rebuttal. He just goes, and he's gone. Dead. Didn't even have an opportunity to repent. I got, I got news for you. God grants repentance to people. If you can repent, you better grab it because it's a gift from God. Repentance is a gift from God. The Bible says to pray to God that he would grant people repentance. See, people don't even just repent on their own. It's a gift from God. So you never know, you know. You just think you can just keep playing games, playing games. I repent. Keep going. I repent. And I'll just repent again. Maybe not. Not if God doesn't grant it to you. This guy wasn't granted repentance. Thief on the cross was granted repentance. He had an opportunity to repent. said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Hallelujah. Man was crucified with Jesus and he made heaven. Hallelujah. What happened to this man? I don't know. He died in his sins. He died in his sins. There was this man. He was a pastor over in uh, South Africa. And he got really embittered towards his wife got really mad at his wife, and walked in, in this bitterness for quite some time, and he wasn't going to forgive her. She even tried to get him to, you know, she was like apologizing. He wasn't going to forgive her. Just resentful. One day he was going down one of these roads in Africa, and his brakes went out on him. He couldn't stop the vehicle, and anyway, ended up crashing. Well, he ends up dying. And in dying, the next thing he knows, he sees an angel there, and he's, he's with this angel. And the angel is with him, and the first thing he sees is heaven. He sees all the saints around the throne worshiping God, and he sees this incredible beauty and all this amazing stuff. And then the angel looked at him and said, now we're going to go down into hell. And swoom, they went down into hell. And down in hell, there was this, uh, he saw this gate, and the angel swung his hand, and the gate swung open, and he saw these people just in torment, just in torment. They would all, he said it was like they're all in their own, each individual torment. And as the light of the angel began to shine in there, they began to see him. And some of them were ministers. And, and, and one of them looked out there and said, help me, help me. He said, ah, I'm a pastor. I lied and I stole money from the church. And then there were some other people, and they had, you know, had said some things. And, and so God was showing him these things. He had this, he had this you know, time of visitation in hell. And the angel looked at him and said, Daniel, that was his name. He said, Daniel, if the book of your life was closed today, this would be your portion. He said, no, no, I'm a pastor. He said, I'm born again. I'm a child of God. That's what he said. I'm a child of God. He said, Daniel. It's a matter of reaping what you've sown. You can't sow unforgiveness and reap forgiveness. 
See, a lot of people have this flaky idea that once saved, always saved. That you know, if you've answered at all the call, then it doesn't matter how you live. Friend, you need to fear God. I can pretty much tell you where Ananias is. He died in his sin. That's why I bring you to that story. He died in his sin. He didn't have an opportunity to repent. So we gotta, we got to watch about just going through life like I'm a Christian, I'm saved, and then we just slander and we cheat and we steal and we do whatever, and, but God understands, he knows I deserve that, and we justify our actions and we go through life and we think we're going to make heaven because we're out preaching the gospel, casting out demons. When Jesus himself said, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord. In other words, we call you Lord. We've called on the name of the Lord. We're saved. They'll say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not do this and do that in your name? In the name of Jesus? And he'll say, depart from me. You who practice lawlessness, I never knew you. And they'll be cast out and they'll go out in torment. Think about that. So we've got we to watch. I know some of you folks, you've, you've gotten theology, you know. People have taught you this once saved, always saved. It's a lie from the pit of hell to rob from you the fear of God. Yes. Judgment can come. God is still a God of judgment. What is judgment? Uh, God, judgment is not God's hand coming down upon you and slapping you. No, no, no. Judgment is you getting out from under the hand of God. You get out from under the hand of God, you get out from the, under the hand of his blessing. You get out from, under the, uh, out from under the hand of life. And all there is is cursings and death. That's what's, that's what's out from under his hand. I wouldn't get out from, I don't care if it's a family matter, I wouldn't get out from under his hand. I would stay under the mighty hand of God so that he can exalt you like he wants to do. Amen? Oh, he's so good. Did God kill Ananias? Did God kill him? No, Ananias got out from under the hand of life. He lost the breath of life. He couldn't breathe anymore. I got news for you. When it comes to giving, when it comes to giving, God is under no obligation to give you your next breath. He is under under no obligation to give you your next breath. It's a gift from God. Why don't you take a deep one right now? <laughs> Woo, hallelujah, enjoy it. Praise God, it's a gift from God. Thank God for his breath in our nostrils. Thank God for his breath in our lungs. He gives us life. He's the one that keeps us going. We never want to take that for granted. Don't take life for granted. You might lose it. Hello, somebody. And I'm not even just talking about physical life. I'm talking about spiritual life. I'm talking about eternal life. If you take it for granted, you could lose it. You can lose it. You can misplace it. Treat it wrong. And end up in the wrong place. I'm just going to say it. Can Christians go to hell? Absolutely. And I can give you... I could spend a whole service on it. It wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean to anybody. I love everybody, by the way. <laughs> you all look great this morning. I'm, I'm not mad. I am not coming down. I, God's not mad at anybody. We need to fear God. We need to understand. We need to have the truth. We need to be sober. You don't play games with God. You don't play games with so great a salvation. You don't neglect so great a salvation is what the scriptures actually tell us. 
It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. This is written to the church, the things I'm saying. See? So we gotta, we got to be on the watch. we got to guard ourselves. we got to protect ourselves. Protect this great salvation we have. Protect this great word that he gives us. Let nobody steal it from us. I said, we're not going to let anybody steal it from us. Can you say amen? amen. So, yeah, no, God's hand didn't come down on Ananias. Ananias got out from under the hand of God, and God led him. God led him. That's all that happened, and he died. End of story. Verse 7. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Three hours later. Later, they're still in church. <laughs> this is not the express service. <laughs> I had somebody that attends a very large church say to me, he's trying to give me advice on how to grow the church. He said, listen, he said, listen. He said, you need to have executive services. You need to have a service for executives. People could just, they just come in, you give them a 20-minute, 30-minute message, and you get them out. That's how you keep people happy. Just give them what they're looking for. And what are they looking for? They're looking to ease a good conscience, say, I went to church, put another point on the board, right? Feel better about themselves. If you want to feel better about yourself, we can do it in 10 minutes. You came to church. Praise God. Head on out. I mean, you know, if it keeps going like this, before you know it, there's going to be churches that have drive throughs Folks are going to just drive by and, 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 and pastors will just reach their hand out there and slap them with some oil. Just, or they'll go by and we'll read them a little fortune cookie scripture. Right? And then they can just go by. So now you can order anything from the New Testament or the Old Testament. It's right here. We've cut out a lot of scriptures here, but just pick something off the menu and we'll just read it to you as you drive through and we'll get you some fries with it too. And then people like that find out they're going to be fried. But that's another one. That's, I'm just telling you the truth. Yeah. We can tell the truth and have, have a good time doing it because I'm not going to be fried. That's why I can smile because I'm not going to be fried because I'm going to make sure I do everything I can to live by the book. Just keep my faith in Jesus. Keep my eyes on Jesus and judge myself for stupidness. So three hours later, man, they're still having church. You know, we either want to hear from God and meet with God, or we don't. Right? So to me, it's as long as it takes. And, you know, generally speaking, you know, 1230, you know, we got it pretty much wrapped up. But could we go over 15 minutes if God heals somebody? And, or if, what, happens, what happens if we just haven't, hit, haven't gotten exactly where we need? And there's some people here that just need, they need, need a little bit more. I mean... Are we too busy? You know? No, we, need to, we need to be open and let God move in our life and not be so clock conscious. So clock conscious. We need to be God conscious. The fact that you'd even look at your watch while I'm preaching or your phone to see what time it is tells you you need to stay longer. You need to stay longer. If you're so conscious of the clock and what you have to do today, you need to just go ahead and just say, I'm fasting, I'm staying in church today. Just keep me here, Jesus, because I'm not getting it. You know, some people, it takes them a while to just wake up spiritually. I mean, they got here physically. Physically, they're awake, but, you know, it takes sometimes a little while 
few songs, a few things going on, then all of a sudden it's like, you know, I think God might be saying something here today. I think God might be here. And then we go, okay, close your Bibles, we're wrapping it up. People have just started coming conscious of him, and we got to go. I'm just saying, if we're going to have a move of the Spirit of God, I can tell you right now, we won't be done by 1230. Are you, are you okay for that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just a move of God. I mean, I understand. It's just a move of God. But if we're going to have a move of God, if we're going to have what they had, then we got to be ready to go and flow. Get all we can get while the getting's good. I love when that revival broke out down in Brownsville, Pensacola, Florida. Man, I went, down, I went down there a few times. And I mean, there were people lined up from the night before. They were starting to line up. And they were out there all day. And they had tents, umbrellas if it was raining. One time we were out there and this, in the parking lot. And it was just pouring rain. And we got tarps over our head just sitting out there in the pouring rain. And people are just singing. Just singing worship songs to God. It was the coolest thing. Nobody was like, oh, it's raining. God, why are you doing this to us? We're trying to go to church. It's like, we didn't care if it was raining. It didn't matter. You're just so happy to be, be and people worshiping God. It's amazing. It went on five days a week. Five days a week, they were coming together. Every day, people were just coming together and just worshiping God. It's a move of God. You don't just sit there and look at the clock or, you know, what day it is. It's like, man, if God moves, we're moving with him. I mean, whatever, we got to sell stuff. If we got to get out of stuff, whatever we got to do, we got to change. Whatever we got to change. If your schedule is going to keep you from him, you got to change your schedule. We can't let schedules become bigger than Jesus. Now, I'm not saying throw your schedule out yet, unless it's bigger than Jesus. I don't have time to get in the Word. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. You got, a, you, you got, a, you got a, an idol of a schedule. You need to break that idol down. Put that thing in place so you know what? I'm going to prioritize my life. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus first. Jesus last. Alpha and Omega. And everything in between. Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. Praise God. You still like this? It's, just, it's some meat. We're just we're kind of chewing a little bit this morning. Is that okay? Oh, hallelujah. Praise God forever. Now, we've come to meet with God this morning. Woo, hallelujah. Praise God getting all... That we can get. Verse 8, and Peter answered her. This is the wife now. She comes in, aware of all these things. Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Lied. Right? Bold-faced lie. It's amazing how people just have that bold-faced lie. Look you right in the face and just, yes. Why are you questioning me? Yes. I've had people, yes. I remember one time someone was doing that to me. They were just bold-faced lying. And so I said, no, you didn't. But I didn't really know. I said, no, you didn't. And when I did, fire hit me on the top of the head. I felt the fire of the Holy Spirit. And then I knew, oh, God's confirming what I just said. Now I know he's lying. So he goes, I did, I know. I said, you're lying. Fire, man, really got stirred up on my head. I didn't, ah, ah, just arguing with me, arguing with me. This went on for at least a half hour. He, he just doubled down. He got so mad. I can't believe this. I mean, he was furious now because I was like, you're lying because the Holy Spirit never left. I could feel the Holy Spirit on me. You know, you can liken that to a word of knowledge. I knew it by the Spirit of God that he was lying. 
Finally, after at least a half hour, he finally went, I did. I did. Are you kidding me? It took you that long in the presence of the Holy Spirit to admit you're going to lie, 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 and give stories, and you're making up stories as you go to just validate your lie? We don't want to be liars. My, my Bible says that all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't matter if you have Christian tagged onto your lie. You don't want to be a liar because it'll put you in the lake of fire. See? So, so there's no white lie. There's no little lie. And it only takes one lie to be a liar. So if you lie, repent. And don't exaggerate. Be honest with yourself. We want the truth. Happy we know uh, Jesus is the truth. A lie is the complete opposite of him. It is the complete opposite of him. It's the opposite of the truth. So we hate lies. I hate lies. I hate lying. I don't want anything to lying, lying is so cowardly. It's so cowardly to lie. So cowardly. It's not trusting God at all. You have to lie because you have to manipulate and everything else because you're not trusting God. I'm not going to lie. I trust God. He's my source. He's my provider. He's taking care of me. He's going to make this thing work out. I'm going to walk in truth and have God backing me up. Can you say amen? amen? All right. So verse 9, then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Now he knows this by the word of knowledge. He didn't know she was a partaker of this. Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Then immediately, no opportunity to repent, she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Took them out back... And bury them. Have you ever seen these churches that have uh, cemeteries attached to them? Graveyards attached to them? Now you know where that originated from. We're thinking of starting a graveyard right out here. You know, there's a move of God coming. You better get the graveyard ready. How do you know the greater the glory, the greater the responsibility to live responsible? you got to live responsible. When God's manifesting like this, when you're seeing instant healings, miracles like that, things are happening, there's that much glory in the place, then you have to walk that much more holy and responsible because judgment will manifest that quick too. And again, what is judgment? Judgment is just reaping the consequences of your sin. It's not God's hand coming down on you. It's getting out from under his hand and just reaping the consequences of your sin. So we have to watch ourselves because when we're talking about a move of God and great glory and all these things that are coming, that means great holiness, great watchfulness, right? Walking in line with the word of God. Uh, that's what's going to be required of us. That's what's going to be required of us. So in the midst of the fun... We need to continue to fear the sun. Because revivals are fun. Church is fun. It's a love feast. I mean, man, we celebrate, we rejoice. We have such a great party in the presence of God. But in all the fun, we never lose our fear of the sun. 
We always reverence him. We always remember. Jesus, yes, he calls us friend, but we're not just going to treat him like our buddy. Like, hey, dude. Hey, dude. Hey, bro. My Jesus is my bro. Watch your mouth. Jesus is your master, your Lord, your Savior, your King. He is God. Respect Jesus. Respect Jesus. Let's not get, let's not get fleshy. With Jesus, just because He's made it so easy for us to be saved, just because He's He's made salvation so easy and He brings us such joy, let's not treat that lightly and as something as common, something fleshy. It's not fleshy. It's the most beautiful thing, most beautiful thing that He's given us. We treasure it. We treasure it. Can you say Amen? Amen. Praise God forever and ever. Some may say the Lord is good, and His mercy. His mercy, mercy. his mercy, mercy. and yours forever for those who receive it and walk in it. We're going to walk in the mercy of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God forever. Well, why don't you just stand up for a moment? We're going to do communion today. I've got some things we're going to look at here in the word of God. But let's just, let's just stand on our feet. Let's just thank God for what he has said to us this morning. We take it all to heart, don't we? We take it all so seriously. We're so grateful, so grateful, so grateful that God would love us that much to cut us to the heart, to convict us, to help us, to show us what a Christian looks like, how Christians are supposed to live. We thank you. You are the living God. And we're so glad you're in our midst, God. And we want you to manifest more and more in our midst. We thank you so much. We are those who yield to you, cooperate with you. We do not play games with God. We don't play games with this holy place that you've given to us, Father. We thank you. Thank you for stirring up our reverence, stirring up our respect, stirring up our, remind, our remembrance of all that you're doing in our lives. Oh, hallelujah. We're going on from glory to glory. We're not standing here playing games, lying and deceiving and, and, uh, and all this other mess. We're going on with you. We're going on with you. Ha, ha, ha. Greater truth, greater light. That's what we want to walk in. All the days of our life. Let's just say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love. Your great mercy. You didn't strike down Ananias and Sapphira. And you're not looking to strike me down. You're looking to lift me up. Keep me under your mighty hand of protection. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for loving me and helping me. To see where I'm missing it. I want to see it. Show it to me, Lord. So I can walk with you. Without being offensive. In any way. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Forgive me. For wherever I've missed it. Been disrespectful. Irreverent. Towards you. I repent. I declare today. Jesus is my Lord. And I'm following him by being a doer of his word and not a hearer only. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thanks for all the rewards coming, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that follow are following you. We're so grateful for it. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Praise God. How many people are ready to come bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord?
Hallelujah. No Ananias and Sapphira's coming with our offering. And also today we're going to receive communion. We're going to receive communion. And it's amazing, you know, with this word I just ministered today, just look at how this scripture flows with what I just said. Just take your seats uh, again for a moment. And, uh, and just, we're going to prepare our offerings here in a moment. But just look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. In verse 23... The Apostle Paul said, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, to the church, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of of me, Thank God for the body of Jesus that was beaten, wounded for our transgressions. By his wounds, the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.24, you were healed. You were healed. His wounds were for our healing. Think about that. What he bore in his body was for you and I so we could be free in our body. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank God for the body of Christ. Verse 25, in the same manner he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. Thank God we've been washed in the blood of Jesus. And so as we receive communion today, we're reminding ourselves of these things. As we take the bread, we remind ourselves of his stripes, his wounds that healed us. And we're not going to be sick. We're not going to have problems in our body. Every wound in our body, we call it healed. In the name of Jesus, healing flows through our body, through the body of Jesus that was broken for us. And because of the blood of Jesus, as we partake of the cup this morning, we're reminded there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you just confess it, you're cleansed of it. I love 1 John 1, 9, because watch this, watch this. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us. From all unrighteousness. So in other words, if you'll take responsibility for the sins that you're aware of and confess them, he says he'll forgive you of that and cleanse you from all the other stuff you might not even be aware of. Cleanse you from all anything that's unrighteous. There might be some things that you're doing you're not even really quite aware of right now. We're not going to stay ignorant. God's going to show it to us. But in the meantime, he cleanses us even from that. If we take responsible for what we are aware of, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that good news? So you can note today that I've been cleansed of all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. So we can't let the devil come along and try to put any kind of fear in us. Say, oh, you, you're like Ananias and Sapphira. I'm going to get you because you got sin. No, no. If you confess what you know, if you confess what you know, then you're cleansed from all unrighteousness. And the devil's got no place in your life. Amen? And always remember, God is for you. He's not against you. All right? Verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he come. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. That sounds like Old Testament talk. But it's New Testament. 
Because God's still God. The God of the old is the God of the new. The God of the valley is the God of the mountain. Verse 28, but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. In other words, many are dead. Many have died prematurely. Many are sick. He's saying this is one of the big problems, uh, you know, for the church, that because they're not discerning the Lord's body, they're not taking care of the body of Jesus, not respecting what he did for them on the cross, but also his body that sits around you this morning. Watch how you treat his body. Take care of his body. And it's because of mistreating his body, not discerning the Lord's body, that many are weak and they're sick and many have died. So there's a reason for it. It's not because the Lord doesn't heal today. It's not because healing isn't for today. God's not in the healing business anymore. That went out with the last apostle. No. No, he's, he's, a, he's a healing God. He's a covenant-keeping God. Healing is a part of our covenant. Protection is a part of the covenant. But he said, let a man examine himself. Christians need to examine themselves. And that's why we get in the word of God. That's why we come to church. Because we're getting examined. The light is on us. We're able to examine ourselves. And then, I love what it says here. He says in verse 31, for if... If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But if we, don't, if we don't judge ourselves, New Testament church, if we don't judge ourselves, then we're going to be judged. So we don't want to be judged, so we judge ourselves. Yeah. Hallelujah. So if you judge yourself, you say, no, I judged myself already. Praise God, I'm not going to be judged. Ooh, glory be to God. That's good news, isn't it? That's good news. Praise God. So there's healing in the communion. There's forgiveness in the, in the communion. There's cleansing and there's no condemnation when we receive communion by faith in the word of God. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.